is the Big Church Podcast. Go ahead and have a seat as we begin week two of waiting, dating, and marrying, and everything in between. I want to talk about an issue that falls under the category of everything in between. And it affects anyone. It doesn't matter if you're waiting, dating, or marrying. It affects us. An issue that affects 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors on a regular basis. I'm not saying every now and then. I'm saying a regular basis. And 27% of Christian women. And it affects 76% of our next generation, the 18 to 24 years olds. Nobody's talking about it. Culture's not talking about it. The church isn't talking about it. And as you see from the stats above, it is a real problem. Are you ready? Pornography. Yeah, I'm going there on Valentine's Day 2021. The devil is going down. We're going to expose him and he is going to be under our feet like the word says. But until we expose him, he's never going down. Shame keeps us silent and sin gets bigger in darkness. It gets bigger in the secret. Today, I want to expose the lies of pornography and let you know you can overcome it. But you have to reveal to heal. I want to preach a message today titled Exposed. And no, I'm not exposing you. I'm exposing that vile devil. And we're going to put him in his place today. Because he has gotten us deceived. He has, if you will, pulled the wool over our eyes. And what has ended up happening is we've backed us in a corner where nothing's a big deal anymore. And we begin to justify, he's going down today, amen? And before I pray, I know we've got some new people in the house today. I promise that every message is not such a big, hard issue. But if we're not going to talk about it, we're never going to get free from it. So hashtag, sorry, not sorry. Thanks for all of you that are watching online in your cozy, warm beds. I got a text from a family this morning that said they'd been out of town and they just want to be safe for everybody else. And they're staying warm and cozy. We love you guys. Glad you're here today. Happy Valentine's Day. You might be going, oh, not much love right now. (laughs) Anyway, let's pray. Father, We quiet our minds, we quiet our hearts, and we quiet our spirits. And God, I pray today that you um, anoint my lips, that you have put these words in my heart. And God, that I can be vulnerable, that I can be bold, that I can be real. And I'm asking that you do that for every single person in the room. No place to run, no place to hide. Lord, today, get us to that place. God, I ask that you help our pride to bow and that we can 
can get humble and be truthful with you. And God, I ask that you expose the root today. Set us free today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to look at a man who was a psalmist. He was a worshiper, a musician, a great leader, and a king. He was actually described as a man after God's own heart. King David. 2 Samuel 11, verse 2. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of the bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Now, how many of you guys have ever noticed somebody, excuse me, and you're like, oh, double glance. Yeah. Anybody? Okay. Some people are brave enough to, yeah, God did real good on that one. <laughs> and that's innocent. That is completely innocent. But taking a bath means N A K E D, naked. Naked. And that one look seared an image in King David's mind. Did you know that the root word of imagination is image? You can't think something up in your mind unless there was an image planted there at some point. And that image made King David's mind run wild. That is what one look of pornography does to us. It sears an image in our mind and it becomes a thought. And if we don't take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, it will wreck our life. It turns us into a downward spiral of lust. And lust and fulfilling the lust is nothing but selfishness. Levi Lusco said in his book, Swipe Right, you might not be looking at literal pornography, but steamy romance novels, Maxim, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, anything on late night Cinemax, and even unchecked roaming of Instagram are enemies of your soul. There's nothing soft about any kind of porn. Trying to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord while your mind is full of all sorts of super sexual images. It's like holding a donut in one hand and a kale smoothie in the other hand and wondering why you're not losing weight. In both cases, you are betrayed by what you're putting into your body exposed. Pornography actually acts like a drug on your brain. One look makes you longing for the next look and the next look and the next look until you are addicted. Yeah. Addiction. Because of one look. Lust literally means over desire. Lust takes something that is good God made sex to be good. 
He made men to be visual and women to love words. He made sex beautiful, but the enemy comes in to pervert it like he does so many other things. And he takes something good and he twists it and he adds cravings to it so that you are consumed until you're gratified. Why do you think online pornography has 81 million million viewers a day. I'm not talking a month or a year. I'm saying every day, 81 million people plug out of their life and their wife and their husband and who they're dating and their relationship with the Lord to plug into something that the enemy has planted. It's an over desire that consumes you until you're gratified. Proverbs 27, 20 says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. So one look doesn't satisfy, it always leads to more. And David's look turned into more. Look in 2 Samuel 11, and we're gonna read three and four. He sent someone after that first look to find out who she was. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. The devil has a goal for pornography. It is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal from your spouse. So you're only watching porn and masturbating. So you've checked out of that marriage and you're checking into yourself and whoever's behind the screen. He wants to destroy your purity where you have to have crazier and crazier scenarios to even have the same effect. And he kills your marriage when pornography leads to all kinds of brokenness. It leads to distrust and it it can even lead to extramarital affairs. Pornography wrecks every life it comes in contact with. It wrecks the person watching it because they feel so dirty and guilty that they are doing it. And then the enemy comes in and heaps shame on top of that where I've got to keep this quiet. It wrecks the person you're in relationship with because it breaks their heart. It makes them feel unworthy or not good enough. And it destroys trust. And trust is a little thing that makes all the difference. It wrecks our relationship with God because we become like Adam and Eve. And we're like, oh, I'm going to go hide from Jesus. No. We can't get away from his love. Did you, and it wrecks the person behind the screen. Did you know that most of the people behind the screen were sex trafficked? They're sex slaves. And we check out of our pretty happy little life and check in and say, I'm condoning women and men and young kids to be trafficked, exposed. Sexual sin is different than any other sin. Listen, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, run from sexual sin. 
No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you at a high price, so you must honor God with your body. I love the Bible because it can say the things to penetrate hearts that if I said, you would be mad at me. That if another pastor preached, you'd be mad at. But the word is forever. It's God breathed and it is designed to bring correction to our life. Can I tell you that it's humility? It's vulnerability. It's truth and accountability that equals freedom. If you only are humble, you're not going to get free. If you're only vulnerable, you're not going to get free. If you're only seeking the truth, you're not going to get free. And if you don't have accountability, you're not going to get free. You have to have that equation for freedom. So today, four lies exposed. Lie number one, I need to keep this a secret. The root is shame. But as I said above, sin grows in the secret. Here's the truth. All you have to do is confess it to God and somebody else that you trust, your accountability person. Exposed. It doesn't have to be in secret. Proverbs 28, 13 says people who conceal their sins, another translation says secrets, will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. You've got to have accountability. Who is your person? And I'm not saying you come in here and you tell everybody that you talk to on a Sunday morning. But you have to have somebody that you trust and that you will allow to speak into your life. Because what ends up happening when we don't have accountability is we're not getting free. And then we stay stuck in a place that we really want, we're desperate for freedom. It's why crew is so important. It's a safe place to expose lies that you've been believing and there you have support in getting free. The Bible says in John 8, 32, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love what Pastor Mike Todd said. He said, the truth, Jesus, requires the truth, the whole story. Isn't that beautiful? The truth, Jesus, requires the truth, the whole story. Like I said earlier, we try to not like, oh, God, I don't want you to know that I did this. He knows everything anyway. So we have to take it to him and give the whole story. If you aren't being honest with your dealing, what you're dealing with, you're never going to be free. Here's what I've seen. We go to inner healing 
But shame keeps us from telling the whole story. And then we leave inner healing saying, hey, I went to inner healing, yeah. And then we fall. Because we were too shameful or prideful or whatever to keep it in secret. And the enemy will eat your lunch. We mess up. And we feel like a failure and we don't tell our accountability partner every time we fall. We do sometimes, but not every time because my gosh, why can't I get it together? It's because we aren't being real and truthful. The truth requires the whole truth every time. Lie number two. I don't know why I keep messing up. The root is there may have been a trauma that happened to you while you were young. It could have been that you found a magazine. You found your dad's magazine. You found a magazine at a friend's house or whatever. It could mean that maybe your best friend had you over one night when his parents were gone and you guys searched the internet. And it could be even worse where somebody has violated and molested you and there is a root. Or it could be a generational curse. Maybe you never have had anything happen to you, but you didn't know that your grandpa had or your parents had. And it gets passed on. It can skip generations. But here's the truth. You absolutely have to know what triggers you. And you absolutely have to put boundaries in place to protect your purity. That is something I see so much, many times. I'm not getting free, but you have no boundaries. Everybody that dates in, I in our church, I'm like, leave enough room for the Holy Spirit. Don't get under the covers. Because the hands wonder when you're under the covers. Don't, don't, uh, no, we're not Netflixing and chilling, okay? We're not doing this. Hold people accountable. So what are some of your triggers? For you girls, is a trigger your Cosmo magazine, The Seven Ways to Have Hotter Sex? Is it the romance novels? And guys, y'all, Fifty Shades of Grey is porn. Whether you read it or whether you watch it, it's porn. Women love words. It's why it's the number one uh, love language of women. It, is it a trigger for movies or something that you're watching on Netflix with sex scenes? Bridgerton, I'm coming for you today. <laughs> you're watching Bridgerton and some Ozark and, and Vikings and so, hey, listen, listen. The enemy doesn't fight fair, and he is patient. He is going to take a little sex scene, and if you get riled, riled up, guess what ends up happening? Sis, it's a trigger. It can lead to more. And the Bible says we're not to give any appearance to evil. Like, 
I know about Magic Mike a few years ago, and my girlfriends were like, let's go watch that. And I was like, mm-mm, I ain't going there. Not because I was holier than thou, but because I know myself and I know what my trigger is and I'm not going to go with a bunch of girls. Come on, enemy, you ain't going to have a place. I'm not going to go with a bunch of girls and then hang out all night and not be with my husband. I'm not going to watch it even with my husband. I, just not doing that. I don't want him to do it, so I'm not going to do it. We treat others the way we want to be treated. We prefer others more than we prefer ourselves. I'm moving on. For you guys, is a trigger scrolling through Instagram and you seeing this little hot chick with a lot of skin exposed in her bikini. If it triggers you, we can't do it. Maybe it's the gym pics. You may have to unashamedly filter your social media. If I'm always on there in a bikini and you're being triggered, let's not use me, ooh. Um, <laughs> let's use some hot chick doing that. And, and so if you're seeing that constantly, 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 it becomes a trigger. You might have to unfollow them. I know you go to church with them. Unfollow Block. I can't trust you. And, and for some people, it doesn't affect them. But if it's your trigger, it matters. Is it a trigger when you're watching the commercials on ESPN, the halftime show back in the day? Or maybe the cheerleaders. If that's a trigger, you may have to cut off cable. Sorry, guys, but maybe you do. Men are triggered visually, so you have to guard your eyes. And could it be men that you're bored, you're stressed, or you're dealing with rejection? Matthew 5, 29 and 30 says, So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Do you think it is a coincidence that Jesus when he shared this story, chose the eye and the hand. I don't think so. He knew exactly what was going to affect us down the road. If you want to get free, you've got to put some boundaries in place. You've got to cut off what's causing you to stumble. So you may need to put adult content blockers on all devices. It's a safeguard. You, it's a way that you cut it off. You know, Pastor Rich and I have them on all of our devices. It's on, on the computers. It's on our iPads. It's on our phones. And let me just tell you the other day, you know, we're, we're going to be living in an RV, so we're renovating it. We're not. Bobby is, but <laughs> thank you, Bobby Wingville. Uh, but uh, um, so he was looking for hot water heaters. And he was like, it's saying that I'm going to uh, 
adult content website, you're restricted because of the word hot. But I would rather that be in place than something for one of us to stumble onto something. You may have to cut off your cable TV. You don't allow yourself to be alone with people of the opposite sex. I don't go to dinner with men. He doesn't go to dinner with women. We'll go to dinner together with a man or a woman, but we're not doing it together. We're not getting in the car without more people in there. We um, are not in an office. Even here on Mondays, when it's our staff meeting, our office where we meet people has a glass door on it, number one. And number two, we don't meet in there with just a man and a woman, ever. Because the appearance can cause trouble. And here's another boundary. Know each other's passwords and monitor. You go check each other's phones. Yes, your pastor is giving you permission to go check because we're as the spouse to be the helpmate. And if we're just trying to, oh, well, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. When, when the enemy catches us off guard is when he eats our lunch. Communicate. Y'all, I get and he does too, but when I get uh, something in my Facebook Messenger, you know how it all works, I always tell him, it will save you so many fights if you'll just communicate and be honest. And parents, monitor your kids' phones, even if you pay for it. They can't say, well, I pay for it. Well, tough, as long as you live in my house, I have access to your phone. Check what games they're playing. Check what's on their history. Check what they're watching on YouTube. See what apps they're using. All of it. Because the average age that a kid is exposed and addicted to porn is 11. Lie number three. I don't have the power to stop. The root is selfishness. You act on impulse and you do what feels good. But here's the truth. You don't have the power and that is why you need the Holy Spirit power living in you. All you have to do is say, hey, this is my weakness and in my weakness, that's where you're made strong. He's the only one that can satisfy you anyway. Galatians 5. 16 through 17 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions and soul ties keep us bound to a soul tie is defined as anyone or anything that you've given yourself to or has become a part of you so you can have a soul tie with pornography and if pornography is a struggle, I highly recommend that you, you get into an inner healing appointment when you're ready to get free. And lie number four, 
it's okay because fill in the bank. And you justify. The root is pride. But the truth is sin separates you from God no matter what. Some of the ways we justify this lie is, well, everyone's looking at it. I mean, did you hear the stats? Everyone's doing it. It's okay. It could be, well, at least I'm not having sex with my girlfriend or boyfriend. I'm single. How am I going to get my desires met? It's too hard to stop, so I keep going back. And the women say, well, I'm just learning how to be better in bed. Or, well, my wife isn't having sex with me, so I'm going to. There's a difference between struggling with sin and living in sin. Living in sin is when you quit feeling the conviction. I remember I was in a season a long time ago where I quit, quit feeling the conviction of sin. And somebody said, are you even convicted by that? And I'm like, no. Because we get our hearts hardened when we feel it and we don't accept it. I think it's funny when people do that. And it's because we've become so calloused. And you guys, I want to say to you today, pornography may not be your thing. But you can apply all these same principles to your thing. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's, it's um, substance abuse. Maybe it's uh, an eating disorder. Maybe it's something else that has got you so trapped in your mind and you cannot gratify it. No matter what it is, listen. I want you to know something. Of course, the devil is going to use the very thing that he knows is going to hurt you and cause the most damage to tempt you and to take advantage of you. Then he uses shame to keep it bound. Guilt tells us, I made a mistake. But shame tells us, I am a mistake. You may be thinking, if people really knew my thoughts, if they really knew what I did, if they really knew the actions I was taking, they might not respect me anymore. Us too. I had a conversation with a girl a few weeks ago, and I said, please, Please take me off the pedestal because I'm an imperfect human and I'm going to break your heart and I'm going to let you down and I don't want to be way up here and it caused church hurt for you. Will you please just take me down and understand that I'm just a real person dealing with the real things that you're dealing with? The only difference is I'm held to a higher standard and I'm held more accountable. Because when I die and I get to heaven, God's going to say, their blood is on your hands. Sermon number two. I also thought that people in leadership and, and you see pastors out there, I always thought that they were, they were somewhat perfect, you know? Uh, I always thought that, 
They never struggled, never had a, uh, you know, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You see people on TV, you see, and you think, man, they must have the most perfect life and they must never have a problem. Well, when I saw the fall, when you see the fall of what's happened over the last couple decades, and even in the church world, we see that's not necessarily the case. And so many times I see that in my own life. And I'm a bit very, you know, when I see them, sometimes I would, I would start to judge them a little bit. And, and then uh, back up because I wasn't struggling with that at that time. But the Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. That by the same judgment you judge others, you shall also be judged. So there was a time when I was a little judgmental. But when I've seen the experience, and I know what I've dealt with my whole life, when we started this ministry, the word real was put into our spirit, R-E-A-L. And, and, and reason we did real is because we wanted to help people get out of real situations. And many people have told us, we were talking in men's group the other night, how much they enjoyed, how much they loved about us just being real, us being, uh, being raw and talking about things that matter. Because listen, if, we, if you don't talk about it here, they're going to talk about it somewhere else. But are you ready to get real with me this morning? This has been a struggle in my life for a long time. And I'm going to be honest, uh, when we first got married, things were great in our marriage. I mean, things were great in our marriage. It was good. And, you know, it was that way for a long, long time. I mean, and I'm not making excuses, but it, it was good. I really didn't have any issues with it at all. I mean, it, it was kind of one of those things I had kind of passed off. And I said, well, I don't, I don't, I'm past that. No, no problems anymore. But as time went on, we got busy. As time went on, we lost touch with each other. We were coming and going and, and, and doing her thing and my thing. And, and as time went on, can I just be honest with you? Our bodies started going through a change, if you know what I mean. This is your turn. Yeah. My body really went through a change. And ladies, I just want to say when that happens, the Bible tells us that we're to continue to be in relations with, with our husband. And I wasn't, I was like, I don't feel it. I love you, but I'm struggling. I, I, you know, it just is not pleasurable for me and not in a hurtful rejecting way, but that's the way that he took it. Well, then the devil started lying to me again. He started saying, well, she doesn't even want to have sex with you anymore. And your sex life is gone. So there's just no hope for you. And, you know, that's what I hear when I, when I listen to men over the last couple of years. And I talk, a lot of men are saying the same thing, man. I'm just in a sexless relationship and it's just tearing me down. And I don't know how to feel and how to deal with it. And the more that she said, and she didn't do it mean, but the more that she said she didn't want to have sex. Oh, I don't, I don't even want to do that. I acted like it didn't bother me. I was like, yeah, I'm getting old too. But it really bothered me. Can, I, can we be real? It really bothered me. Every time I would hear that, I was like, no. It does affect me, and it is affecting me. And then, you know, I've, because of a previous, her previous relationship where she was forced to do a lot of things that she didn't want to do, the devil was, I'm just being honest with you guys this morning. I didn't want to force her to do anything. I didn't want to take her to that place where she'd been in pain before, so I kind of shut that off. I said, okay, I'm not even going to ask anymore. And, you know, my mind went into it, you know, I'm really not physically cheating. You know, I don't have a girlfriend and, and 
Lord knows I'd be dead. <laughs> and, you know, and let me just be honest with you. It didn't come roaring back like a rah. It didn't come roaring back. It started out with looking at something I shouldn't have looked at. Start out by watching something I probably shouldn't have been watching. Because let's face it, it's out there everywhere. We live in a very visual world right now. And man, I'm telling you guys, girls, ladies, it's out there and it's on every hand you turn around. And here's what happens. The small always leads to the more. And I started looking at stuff that I shouldn't have been looking at that was worse than what I was looking at. And I, I told myself that I don't have a problem with this because I would counsel people and they would say, well, I'm, I watch porn every day, three times a day. And I'd be like, okay, um, yeah. So I justified, well, I, I don't do that. And you know, it wasn't repetitive. It wasn't excessive. I'll be honest with you. There was long periods of time when it didn't affect me at all. So I justified that in my mind. Okay, it's okay. And then the devil always brought that she's not doing this for me or she's not doing that. He made her my enemy. And nonetheless, I would feel the guilt and the shame and I would see the hurt and I would see the pain that this was causing. And I would see it in her. And there was times when I failed her in this marriage. And... I finally realized the damage that I was doing. Even though it wasn't all the time, I'm just, I saw the damage that one thing can do. And I sought to get help. I sought to go to inner healing. I started doing the things that I needed to do again that I had let myself slip from. And it's made all the difference in the world in our relationship, in our marriage. Now, does she still have some trust issues with me? Uh, yep. 100%. Yep. Do and I still check his phone? We're, we're preaching this message because we dealt with it. We know how you can get free. Yeah. So guys, if I talk to you, it's because I've battled it, but I've overcome it. And you can too. I'm telling you, there is freedom out there, but guess what you gotta do? You gotta be practical about it. You gotta go back to your first love. That's what I did. I went back to the, my first altar and said, okay, God, here I am again. Big mess up. But God, I know you have grace and you have mercy for me. You gotta get inner healing. You have to be able to reveal to someone to get, the, to get past what you're doing. I know we're going a little long today, but I believe this is, there's freedom in this house today for someone. And then listen to me. It takes you to change you. You can do everything else, but until you get, until I got to that point to say, okay, it takes me. I gotta change me. I can't worry about her. I can't, I can't peep keep doing the excuses, I have to change me. And then you just simply, you gotta guard your eyes. You gotta watch what you're watching because there's so many things out there I'm going on. Here we go. And be honest. This is a big one. I added this one, honey. You didn't. Be honest about the way you're feeling. 
I've not always been that way. And listen, can I tell you, she's one of the most, she's very easy to talk to sometimes. She's very easy to talk to, but I found myself not wanting to be honest with her. And there's been times when she said, how are you really feeling? And then I would say, this is how I really feel. And when you tell your mate or when you tell the person how you really feel, that's how you can get communication. That's how it works. But here's also too, I started to love my wife again. And am I perfect at that one? No, I'm, I'm not perfect at that one. But I started to show her the affection that she needed. Not what I needed. So much above this is selfishness, but it's what she needed. And let me just tell you, when I started doing that, just small things, it made all the difference in the world, if you know what I mean. Glad y'all laughed at that. But it really did change things. And I just want to leave you with this. You battle the flesh every day. Every single day. You get it. It may not be that, but it's something else you battle. But I got to let you know something. There is freedom, not just because you're in church today. There is freedom because Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. So I'm just letting you know today that God is not done with you because you messed up. God is not standing up there with a check mark and, and, and already crossed your name out because there is freedom. So as we get ready to go into this next section, I'll, go ahead, I'll be quiet. You know, we battle whether we tell our real story because we thought there might be people in our congregation that wouldn't respect us anymore. But can I tell you, today, is a day of restoration. Come on. And I'm just gonna ask you, if you have some issues with what we shared today, have a conversation with us. And then put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Come on. And what is it in your life? Like I said, it may not be pornography, but sin is sin is sin, and it is all designed to kill us. I'm gonna close with this scripture, Psalm 32, five. It says, finally, I confessed my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Your story doesn't have to end here today. Your story isn't over. You can start over and have a brand new story today. So, Pastor Rich and I are going to be up here to pray with you. If you're watching online and, and you need prayer, you can email either one of us at Mindy at mybigchurch.com or rich at mybigchurch.com. We are here to help you walk through freedom. And we want to see people get set free today. So we're going to be here to pray and intercede with you. We love you guys so much. Let's stand as we worship. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. 
If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.